Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Levels, where, of course, we bring you uh, live fight interviews each and every single week. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and the superstar, the sports Nisa, Cassandra Cousineau. Cece, hey. how are you? Hey. I'm really good. I'm I'm super tired, but I'm actually like, I feel good. <laughs> yeah. But you're smiling. You look you look happy and yeah. energetic. That's all that matters. I just right? had an actually the, the little boy had his first sports interview. Um, so yeah, he there wants you go. to try this sports journalism thing out. So oh, I thought I thought I thought you meant he was getting interviewed. No, he's going to be a sports he journalist was. just he's like mom. Been- I had no, it it surprised me. (laughs) Well, there you go. Well, it's going to be a surprise for everyone. Uh, We have a really fun show lined up today. Uh, (laughs) We, you know, how, I I think she described herself best right after her fight, her victory over Paige Van Zandt. She's more than a person, right? She's a feeling. That's a force of nature. You know, and that's really, I mean, that fits in with everything that we've been chatting about about uh, the last few weeks, uh, having uh, Clarissa Shields on, McKay Mayer, Mayer and and so many of these great females that are making noise in in combat sports. That's how we deal with, hey, welcome to Levels, we deal with combat sports. But it's all the ladies that are doing things in, you know, in these uh, otherwise male-driven sports arenas and... You know, Britton Hart is 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 a is a person that is quickly, very, very quickly making a name for herself in a very unlikely arena, CC. Yeah. Um she's uh, on a, a, a three fight win streak, uh Britton Hart is and just has a really unique backstory. And as that fight was being built up between her and Paige Van Sant, like I just kept like my ear kept getting closer. And closer and closer. And I was like, man, she's got an incredible story and an incredible will. So super excited. <laughs> All right. Have Let's stop messing around. <laughs> Let's stop messing around, man. She is taking time out of her schedule. She's in Puerto Rico <laughs> right now. Hey. There she is, Britton Hart. Britton, how are you? Oh, guys, I'm so great. I'm so pumped. I know you saying Wednesday. You know, it's hump day, but... Let's go. go. Uh, we're, you know, I'm in Puerto Rico right now. Um, I'm actually not in fight camp, but I feel like I'm in fight camp. So it's a fee. So I'm putting myself in the feeling again, being with somebody else who's a BKFC fighter. Um, so I'm in his fight camp and I'm kind of just helping and participate and it's amazing. Um, so I'm just, I'm just super happy. Um, I'm definitely all about BKFC and being immersed in that and, and just this, this amazing opportunity and door and window that I've opened with the sport and that the sport has opened for me. So I'm doing great. So how are you guys? <laughs> doing wonderful. We're so very excited to have you. Uh, let me, let me open with this. I mean, you talk about being not in necessarily your fight camp, but in uh, another uh, bare knuckle fighters fight camp and everything, you know, coming from the worlds of mixed martial arts and boxing, I, I know what those fight camps look like. What does a bare knuckle fight camp look like for you and other athletes in your sport? Right. Yeah. So honestly, this has been a really good growing experience for me to see another bare knuckle fighter in his fight camp. And um, his fight camp is no joke. So I'm not going to give away anything um, out of respect for him. 
But um, we go, you know, bare knuckle is the most purest form of combat sports. You know, you're using these. So there's a lot to take into consideration with that. Um, it's a relatively new sport as far as in, in America goes and the United States. So kind of adopting those techniques and working them into practice um, is kind of a new thing. But I think that the ones that are successful are kind of starting to figure it out. So it's really cool to see um, how bare knuckle boxing and fighting is completely a different sport from boxing and MMA. So you take boxers and you take MMA fighters, but when you put them in the ring, I mean, it's definitely a new world for both. Um, but you know, for me, I know in, in fight camps, it's been a little bit different for me each time. Um, but I know how I do like to do it. You know, I, I like to run in the morning and do cardio and then take a break and then go into either like strength and conditioning or technical skills, take a break. And then of course, you know, sparring is two or three times a week. Um, so it's just being busy. It's all about really to have a successful fight camp. It's being as busy as possible and, and busy meaning, you know, even like yoga, meditating, mental mm. coaching, like all those things are so relevant. People think that fight camp is just about physical, but it's very much about being spiritual and mentally um, sound and fit too, which I think a lot of people don't really realize and get. And that's kind of going into my, it's a feeling and, and the feeling of getting ready for a fight and training. You have to feel it and hear and really believe in yourself to do something as crazy as bare knuckle fighting. Yeah. Well, you have been described as a natural born athlete. You were very um, active while you were in high school, but you didn't grow up entirely in the United States, right? Where did you grow up mostly? I, I actually, um, so a little backstory. I was born in Utah, and then when I was three, I moved to Turkey, and I lived in Turkey for a couple years, and then I lived in Germany for five years. So I didn't come back to the United States till I was 10. So I feel like I was already kind of molded as a different individual um, from being immersed in different cultures and growing up. You know, I think honestly for, for children, you know, the ages between five and 10 are the most, you know, those are the years you soak everything up. Like I feel like your personality kind of comes from those years. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's kind of what a lot of people see. And I know that I'm a little different and unique and kind of be out there sometimes, but I, I, I do actually credit a lot of that to my childhood and, and growing up overseas. Um, because it's very easy for me to adapt to situations. Um, that's why it was so easy for me to transition into boxing and then transition from boxing into bare knuckle fighting because I've been through it my whole life. You know, I've been through major ups. I've had some great things happen to me and I've had some major downs and bad things happen to me. But the, the key is to adapting. And I think that's completely relevant in fighting. But yeah, I, I've. No. Oh. Here, but now I'm out, you know. Sorry, somebody called me. <laughs> We're busy. Yeah, I know. I'm like, dang it. No, but that that was good. That was a that was a good uh, uh, lead into uh, you know questions about. I mean, your uh, ascent. Uh, you know, I mean, you you could almost argue, you know, a, a few months ago, maybe you were flying under the radar still. I mean, you had you know, uh, your career in boxing and you of course had some brawls <laughs> and bare knuckle, man, some in entirely entertaining fights and bare knuckle, but uh, you know, this, this welcoming of Paige Van Zandt into a new sport was really the thing that, you know, for a lot of casual fans puts you on the map with them. So now with a, with a little bit of distance between your victory over Paige Van Zandt and where you are now and everything else, 
how big of a moment was that for you personally and professionally? I mean, it was huge. I, I don't want to say it's the biggest or uh, the most huge um, thing that's going to happen in my life because I do really sure, believe absolutely. that there's bigger and better things. But at the moment, I mean, it really just solidifies everything that I've been preaching about and speaking and dreaming. You know, I have this dream and I, I was going to be somebody and be somebody big and fighting. And when I first started in, mm. in fighting, you know, I, I started in boxing and, you know, they said that I would change female sports and they, they told me that in the beginning but they fed me to the wolves you know i learned the politics of it i had a lot of criticism you know that i didn't have amateur experience um you know just a lot of things just learning like basically learning as i went but i said i wasn't gonna give up and i wasn't gonna quit and that i knew this was my why and i knew that i belonged here um so going into these big fights, you know, I took big fights against big names because I kind of had the mentality to be a champion. You have to beat a champion. You know, I didn't ask for shortcuts. I didn't get padded records um, or anything like that. So I kind of just went straight for it. And I kind of, you know, I always came up like a little bit short, but I learned from it and I grew and I, I kept with it. And I kept saying, you know, it's kind of sounds cliche, but, you know, it, it goes into mental coaching again. You know, I kept repeating to myself, it's not over until I win. And, and win big, not win, you know, these little rinky-dink club shows that are great. But, I mean, I really want to be on that foot platform and win a big moment. I really want to get a belt and a title and things like that. You know, in the Paige Van Sant fight wasn't a title, but I think it was the wake-up call that I needed and that the world needed to see that I'm serious and that I'm here to stay and I'm here to work at it, you know, as hard as I can. And, um, you know, I really hope people see that and it kind of inspires and motivates other people that, you know, it's never too late to be who you want to be, whatever road that is. And for me, I mean, I was yeah. always into sports, like you said earlier. So um, but in sports, you know, I was always very competitive and I was a fighter, even though it was soccer and basketball. I still had, you know, several incidents <laughs> where I, I fought on the field. So it was just kind of meant to be in destiny. So. Um, you know, now that I get to do it and not get in trouble and not be suspended or go to jail is a really great thing. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, do you feel like along the way, the L's in your record were more about learning instead of losses? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of, you know, and, and people will say mean things and call me like a mediocre boxer. But really, you know, I think you got to look at who I fought on my box rack. Um, those draws, I really feel like they were in their hometown. And I feel like the draw was, you know, kind mm -hmm. of not – it was their, their way of not dissing their hometown fighter. I feel like one loss I was, you know, definitely robbed of. If you watch it, there's like, you know, 3,000 mm -hmm. comments on it all saying that it was highway robbery. But a lot of them, too, you know, it's hard to find females. And like you said, females are doing big things in combat sports right now. But four years ago, there it really has really escalated a lot here in the last two years. But at right. first, you know, I had so many fights um, at 115 and 116, 118, and they fell through. Like this one girl had a panic attack, you know, just all these crazy things. And these fights weren't coming through so mm -hmm. I wanted to fight. So for me to fight, I had to fight out of my weight class. So I walk around like 120. So I'm fighting at 125. A couple of my fights on box track are at 130 and 135. And, you know, it, it, it was an obstacle, yeah. but I wasn't, again, I wasn't going to let it get in my way of my dream. You know, if I have to fight bigger girls to prove I can fight, I have to find a way around it. And um, 
you know, I think that's kind of the chance and I'm a high risk taker as everyone can tell, you know, I like to roll the dice and I, I have rolled the dice and, um, you know, sometimes it didn't work out for me, but nonetheless, I always learned from it. I always became a better person after it. Um, you know, I would always joke and say, Hey, I'm coming to your hometown, but I'm going to leave with your fans because again, fans love me. I, you know, I, I like talking to them and, and being a part of whatever their culture is or wherever, you know, their state is and their, their lifestyle. Like I like learning about it. I take an interest in other people. And then I'm an exciting fighter. Even when I lose, um, which I think I've got that all out of me, you know, I'm on a win streak. So I finally put it together, but even, even in the losses, I think people were really impressed with me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're uh, on a three fight win streak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. I mean, and that's, I mean, and like I alluded to earlier, now you, you have the reputation now of being this exciting fighter and you've, you know, yes, you haven't captured a belt yet in bare knuckle, but I mean, you, you, you know, part of the main event of Knuckle Mania, huge pay-per-view that you, you know, coming in, most people saw you as the B-side, but then, you know, you put your thing down, you put that two-piece and a biscuit on her, and all of a sudden now you're the A-side, and, uh, you know, now girls are circling the background going, I need a fighter again, or, oh, now I need to, you know, come to her and everything. Now you're the exciting fighter. I mean, out of all the accomplishments and everything, you're just getting started. I know you you just started just a couple of years ago, which is crazy. That blows my mind. You just kind of walked into it like, hey, I'm just going to be a boxer, you know. But, I mean, mm-hmm. did, did you ever see yourself as being just that exciting fighter, that must-see fighter that's going to be in – and so – I'm going to go ahead and predict it now. So many main events going forward – you know, no matter what career path you take, whether it's boxing or bare knuckle or, or a little bit of both. Yeah, honestly, my I tell everybody the same thing, and it, it's really that that it's very true and a real feeling. But my first pro fight, I literally I, I describe it as Cinderella. You know, it was like the shoe fit. It was the glass slipper, and it was like mm. bam. Nothing in my past and nothing really in my future mattered besides doing this and doing this the right way and going all the way with it. Um, but prior, prior to my first professional fight, you know, and no, I didn't, you know, boxing was kind of a way in fighting. I don't want to say to punish myself, but you know, I was going through a really hard time and I needed a place, you know, kind of be to, to be an escape from reality. So I really wasn't thinking that I was going to turn professional. It was only, you know, there was this girl in the gym, her name was Moose. And I remember my my fourth day in the gym, they said I had to spar her. And I was like, oh, this is going to hurt. You know, this girl is chiseled. She, I mean, her nickname is Moose. So you can only imagine what she looks like. So I go in there. <laughs> it was like after we fought, they were all, they all thought I was lying. They were like, oh, no, you've, you've had to be boxer before. You had to be like working in gym. You know, I had my poker face on. But I was like, no, this is really, this is really just me and who I am. So um, it was kind of like that experience and trying it that, it showed me, but you know, it, it, I'm a very different person as far as, um, you know, what my, my goals were as far as right now versus eight years ago, you know, when I was first starting my family and had kids, you know, I, I went to school, I got my master's degree, you know, I, and it's crazy. Actually, I always knew I was going to be in professional sports. Like I've already worked for the NFL. I've worked for NASCAR, mm-hmm. you know, so professional sports is legitly my passion and love. And I really thought the NFL was going to be it, but I had no idea it was going to be boxing and now bare knuckle. But, you know, again, 
you know, everything in life, um, not to sound too cliche, but it happens for a reason. And, and this truly was my reason. What were you doing for NFL and NASCAR? Yeah. So for the NFL, um, I work specifically for um, the Carolina Panthers down in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I work for guest relations. And more specifically, I um, help with the American Disability Act. So it makes sure that fans have the same viewing experience, um, regardless of their handicap. So if they have, can't see or, you know, say that their knees messed up and they can't walk up all the stairs, we make sure that their experience is just as great as a normal regular fan. So I actually, me and one other girl were like the main people in charge of that. And so it was a really special role. Um, I did it for five years and I, I have a lot of amazing people there that have my back and order my fights and they're so great. So I love them. And I actually quit that job I can't believe I quit it, but I quit it for the Beck Rawlings fight because, you know, everyone was like these top elite athletes, they train morning, afternoon, evening. And I was going to work and busting my ass and, and had to be there for long hours and then train. And I just, I just told him like, you know, this, this is it for me. I have to quit to, you know, I really thought me, I thought I was going to beat Beck Rawlings, honestly. Um, and and I, I still kind of feel like I did, but you know, anyway, so I quit that job. And then for, uh, NASCAR, I worked again at Charlotte Motor Speedway and I did corporate sales there. So more so working with a luxury box and suites and stuff like that. And kind of, um, I had some really cool, fun jobs for that. Like, you know, I, I would drive people around and give them like golf cart trips from, you know, the pit suites back up to their parking lot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I actually had Duck Dynasty. I had to give them rides and, you know, oh. I met the people from Counting Cars. So, I, you know, I've had that experience with, um, people in that type of limelight and so i kind of think that that was an experience for me to grow and be the person you know that i am today so i was very thankful for those two experiences <laughs> just i mean you, you are you're, to me the epitome yeah, of fighting you want mm -hmm. yeah you know yeah, i mean I, she's I really, the epitome yeah. of fight for what you want Right. I mean, you, the, you know, the ability, and I think that's lost on a lot of people, uh, especially if they, you know, you know, maybe just fans or whatever, but to give up the good for a chance at the great, you know, and the, the things that are really pushing you and your passions and everything else that right there, I mean, win, lose or draw, that is, that takes so much courage to do because, you know, take all that away. You work in a NASCAR, work in the NFL, you know, those career paths. I mean, that could be a very lucrative path for a lot of people. And a lot of people do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you, you know, for, you know, whatever reason, whatever makes you tick, you decided, you know what, if I'm going to really pursue this out here, if that's a, you know, Beck Rawlings does it this way, the professional fighters do it this way, I'm going to go do it that way. That takes so mm -hmm. much guts and so much. I mean, when you, when you approached your family and said, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to leave this and I'm going to go get punched in the face and I'm going to punch other people in the face. What what was the, the initial reaction? Oh, they were so mad at me. So mad. They're like, I can't. And you yeah. know what's ironic is I had, you know, my master's degree, I had to write a thesis. So the whole thing with my family, with my master's is that my thesis was on NFL concussions. So they're like, you're an idiot. How are you going to do your thesis on concussions oh, wow. and then go into a sport like boxing and bare knuckle? And I just was like, well, I did my research on it, so I know what I'm going to do. It's not like I don't. And um, they were so mad. You know, no one really got it. It took me about two solid years 
of failing and getting by and living out of my car and doing all these crazy things, it took two years for them to finally say, wow, we are proud of you and you're really doing something with this and we support you 100%. So now, every you know, I don't get any kickback from any family or friends. But when it first started, they they just couldn't understand and relate to why would you give up a good job and, and all these great things? Why would you give that mm-hmm. up for, for boxing and fighting, getting punched in the face, basically? But I think, you know, I stay, stayed with it and I stayed true to myself. How old are your kids? Why. 11 and 7. <laughs> they're you know, at you're, an age where they really recognize what you do for a living. They do. Yeah, they do. And they're amazing. Um, they're so amazing. Uh, you know, I've told a lot of people this story, but especially... You know, my son is amazing. He cheers me on. But my daughter has been, you know, she's really been my backbone in, in making me feel secure as a mother and what I'm doing. You know, I, I've mm-hmm. gone to the gym before and um, I she agreed to spar. And, you know, as a mom and as a parent, as a that's like the proudest moment you can have is when you mm-hmm. see your child participate in sports and especially a sport you love. Mm-hmm. So my daughter went to go spar for the first time against this other six-year-old girl who I work with in the gym all the time. Well, this little girl who's not mine, she's like, hey, Coach Britton, will you spar me? And instantly my high goes really low. I'm like, ah. So I got down on, you know, on my daughter's eye level and I said, look, Paris, I said, you know, I love you and I'm so proud of you. This little girl's in the gym every day and you're only here sometimes. <laughs> if I cornered you, it wouldn't really be fair and I would be playing favorites. And she's, I didn't even have to finish my speech. She said, oh, no, it's mom. It's okay, mommy. Go, You can go corner her. At six years old, my daughter said, it's okay. Go corner her. Wow. She understood and got it. And they went in and, oh, they were a fan. It was amazing. It, it was actually really great sparring for six-year-old girls. But um, they were awesome. But, you know, it, it's just things like that. And, and she's been with me. She can hold pads. She coaches um, just as well as, as I can, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she tells people go harder and you know, body shots. So she's really immersed in it, but, but she knows at the end of the day, you know, I give her the option. Do you want to come to the gym? Or you want to stay home? So she has, you know, she doesn't feel like she's pressured to do something just because I love it. And we get that about each other. And, um, you know, she supports me and, and, and gives me good feedback all mm-hmm. the time. So I, I feel awesome as a mother. You know, that is, I mean, so incredibly impressive. I mean, not only uh, a mom with two young kids, but also, I mean, master's degree. I mean, just even that just by itself, you know, bravo to you. I mean, because, you know, even a master's degree. Jesus, the sacrifices people have to, you know, make to, to do a master's degree. You know, and, and you know, tell us a, a little bit about that. I mean, because that was before the boxing career and everything. But, I mean, just the, the passion to go out and say, hey, you know, I'm going to get the master's degree. And then you get the master's degree. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to. I'm going to go do this, man. That's so, it's incredible. Tell us a little bit of that, that build up there. Yeah. So when I got my bachelor's degree, I got it in sport management and um, mm-hmm. I actually, you know, not mm-hmm. bragging, but just saying what it is. I got a 4.0. And so obviously I, I loved what I was doing. You know, I was working three jobs and being a mom and I'm still getting a 4.0. Like this was my calling. Damn. I love sports. So um, after I got my, my bachelor's, I just, again, being the fighter and the competitive person I am, I'm like, man, if I did so good and I was able to get my bachelor's degree with a 4.0, I should probably continue my education so I can be so competitive and be all the males that are coming into this, you know, 
sport management is probably, you know, most people would think it's a male dominated career path. So as a female, I need to edge myself up against other people and especially male figures. So I'm going to go get my master's. So I decided to get my master's in sport management and um, I, and a concentration in physical education. And it was actually, so this will kind of help like with the interview and understand on why I'm in boxing and fighting now. When I graduated with my master's, it was literally, I had worked so hard to get that. And I mean, I'm talking, I never hung out with friends. I never went out. I never did anything besides work, kids and my schoolwork. So when I graduated, I actually ended up going out to a bar and I had a few drinks um, and I got arrested for a DUI. Um, and because I got arrested for a DUI, everything went Yikes. boom. So it, it's kind of like, again, everything happens for a reason yeah. because if I didn't, to be honest with you guys, if I didn't get that DUI, I don't. Oh, you got another phone call? Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> right. I hate when you when you ignore a call and they call you back. But um, yeah. Anyways, uh, what was this? So you know, oh, you, yeah. if I didn't get in trouble, I probably would have never boxed. I would have stayed with my job and mm. been very competitive in sport management. Um, so it was only getting getting in trouble that again, you know, led me to like some other things, that, and nobody would hire me. You know, as far as you know, bigger jobs and up the pay scale. So I just decided, you know, that, hey, I'm going to box and, and find my way here because I had just graduated from school. Right. I, that's, that's incredible. I mean, it's just incredible. You, you seem like uh, the, the type of person, I mean this with all respect, but, uh, you know, you, you go swimming right after you eat. Uh, if the door says do not enter, you push it open anyway. You just, you know, you're, it just seems that's kind of, you know, how you, how you operate. And that is, oh, wait, Thank did we lose you? Uh oh. We might have lost her here for a second. in Puerto Rico. So I, I right. before no, I, sorry is. guys. No, no, no. Close to the water. I can't hear go. you though. Oh, did we lose you? Can you, can you not like hear us? There's a little bit of a delay. Uh, try, try uh, uh, going out real quick and coming right back in okay. using that Arlene. All right, so we'll get her back. You know, she's in Puerto Rico, and uh, you know, and it's that time of day here in Vegas too, where everyone's logging on to uh, watch Bridgerton or whatever people do. Um, so, <laughs> but I mean, that right there, I mean, incredibly, uh, you know, just what what an amazing story. Three jobs, two yes. kids. Story. It's cinematic, actually, in scope, like how it is, you know, oh, like being yeah. an athlete, getting in trouble, getting two degrees. You got a bachelor's and a master's, and that goes left. All right. There Sorry. There we are. <laughs> yeah. We're just talking about when, when we ignore your phone call the first time, it means don't call back. <laughs> Stop calling back. <laughs> Stop calling, but sorry, guys. But anyway, oh, no. So the folks so at PFL, I'm sure they love you now. Right, right, right. That's a good way. That's a positive. See, so yes, we keep yeah. it positive. I'm <laughs> sure. So the folks at Bare Knuckle Fighting, um, I, I think they understand now they have a superstar on their hands. What's the next fight going to look like for you? 
Yeah. So, you know, I've really been taking this time after the page fight to kind of reflect on it. It was definitely a lot of emotions and a lot of things that happened. Um, and then I kind of had something dawn on me that you know, I feel like if anyone's going to come in the ring and challenge me, it doesn't matter who they are. Again, you know, challenge accepted. I'm one of the toughest, strongest, you know, just climbing up the ladder fighter. So if you're going to come into the ring with me and, and, and face me on my fight night, you know, I just think they have another thing coming to you. So, you know, with Paige, when I, I did call her out, so, you know, she came in the ring and she said, hey, it looks like an easy fight. It was done. And then when I had my fight there, I had this other girl come in the ring and I don't even know what yeah. her deal was coming in the ring. But, you know, I think that I just need to show people. Who did you think she was? Did you recognize her? I didn't recognize her, actually, because she kind of looked like she was dressed up for Halloween. But <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of weird. I was like, what is this? Is like, you know, like you're playing dress up. And then I realized it was Jenny Savage. And when I realized it was Jenny Savage, I was like, ow. So I just, you know, helped her cool off a little bit because she had some steam on her. But, um, <laughs> you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, at first I could care less about Jenny Savage again. I thought she was dressed up as some Halloween character. But, um, you know, thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? I don't care who it is. If you're UFC, if you're off the street, you know what? In the fight, you know, I preach that when we're in the ring, we're on equal playing fields. You know, it doesn't matter what the background is that we come from. Because, again, I've told you mine. It's completely different from other people. But, you know, bare knuckle is about, you know, putting us on an equal playing field and being very, you know, um, level-headed about that. I, I think that, you know, this girl that come in here and thinks that she can do what I do and, and she thinks that she can come in on a moment like that, I just think that that's kind of like hmm. mentally unstable. So I just think I need to teach her a lesson. So that's what's next. <laughs> so I have that okay. in mind. So practicing for that overhand right and overhand left that, you know, is basically the only thing she's going to throw. So ready for that. There you go. Well, I, I have one more and then I'm going to let uh, Cece close it out with you and everything. But uh, given given that bare knuckle is still, you know, pretty brand new here, like you said earlier in, in the United States and just now getting that that wider, uh, 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 you know, appeal and everything and that wider exposure through pay-per-view and all of that, uh, a lot of people may not know. So can you do your best to describe that feeling whenever the refs is looking at both of you guys and saying, hey, let's, you know, and you walk up and you toe the line, can you describe that feeling for, for people who are just now seeing the sport? Absolutely. It is intense. It is an intense feeling. Like think about like when you're going to jump out of an airplane and skydive or – off a high diving board or you're going cliff diving and you're right on the edge. You don't really have that like running jump or space. It's like you're right there and you have to jump. You have to go for it. You know, in boxing, you start at different corners and MMA, you start at different sides of the cage. So you can kind of like work your way up to it and bare knuckle. You're toe to toe. Like you're toe in the line. You're right there. You're literally within, you know, inches from your opponent who wants to hurt you so it is a very intense um you know feeling it, it it really i describe it as jumping off a really small little ledge so you just have to know that you're gonna jump you have to have that in your heart you don't have to you know you can't think about it you can't be like oh i need a one two three running start it's jump so um that that's the feeling um and it's different it's way different you know um 
there's no other sport that's like it that's from start to finish just so high intensity you only have two minutes to do what you got to do you only have five rounds i love that about bkfc because male and female it's the same and and the same thing with this with this whole you know championship type of mentality like oh you know certain rounds are four some are eight rounders you know and they're like always you hear fighters say oh if i would have had one more round i would have done something it's like no you have five rounds you have five rounds to do what you need to do and you got to do it. And so I think that makes the sport super exciting. I think it makes it super fair and even. And I think that males and females are put on the same um, playing field again, once again. So I, I love that aspect. I love everything about it. Well, of course, people were talking about how you left the ring after the Van Zant fight. And when you said, I'm not even a person, I'm a feeling have you had a chance to kind of reflect on that and what do you want people to really know what that means for you yeah um so i definitely meant it 100 percent. i probably could have you know came out verbally better with it but you know again I'll, oh i think it came out like i think it came out perfect okay good yeah. i know a lot of people are like man that girl and again we we joke about it all the time if you know me if you take the time to talk to me like you you would know that's just a britain thing you'd be like man that's so classic of britain you know we know what she means by it but um it, it's basically again it's just when I talk to people and interact with people, you know, I just feel like the things that really keep me going are when people say, you motivate me, you inspire me, you don't ever give up, you're tough. And it's just all these things aren't really, is are they aren't people. They're not like, oh, wow, you're Britain Hart, you're cool, you're Britain Hart, you're, you're like Paige Vincent, you're like Round Rousey, you know, like we don't those are all people and you relate to those type of people because that's who they are. But then it's like, what about the feeling of being determined and not quitting and, um, you know, just, just being good and being, you know, a really good person, you know, sometimes you leave at the end of the day with that type of feeling that you want to be like that. And sometimes it puts it more in a realistic point of view when you can relate to a person like that instead of somebody like, you know, Paige Vansett who has millions of, followers and you know probably millions of dollars and lives a completely different lifestyle so I think you know it kind of was one of those things that I kept falling short you know with my fights but you know everyone was like you don't have to prove anything to anybody Britain you've already proved how tough you are but I wasn't it wasn't about me I I, I don't care I know how tough I am and I know how good I am but it wasn't about me. It's about all these other people that are watching me and, and saying that I motivate them and inspire mm -hmm. them and how awesome of a person I am. And I want that to be true. I want them to, to know when they get that feeling and when they're around me, it's not misguided or, or misleading and that they're, they're really believing in something that's bigger than just a name, which is ultimately what I meant by I'm not a person. I really meant like I'm not a net, you know. I am a person, but I'm not a name. So it kind of came out kind of funny, but I don't want to be remembered as, you know, oh, Britain Hart was this, this and that. I, I really want to remember like, hey, when I was around her, she was a real down to earth person. Um, you know, Britain, you know, inspired me to fight or, you know, even guys like message me and they say, you motivated me to lose, you know, lose weight. You know, I was 300 pounds and now I'm down to 250. I get messages like that all the time. It's hmm. not even that they're fighting. They're just motivated to lose weight. Or again, maybe they're working a nine to five job and they hate it and they're miserable. And they're like, man, I want to feel like Britain Hart and be like that and just quit my job and do something that I love. Yeah, it's going to be hard, but hey, 
if I really love it, it beats being miserable working nine to five, going home and barely not wanting to do anything. So anyways, I could go on and on about it. There's tons of feelings in the world and, and, you know, it's great to kind of, to be, you know, one of them. And, um, you know, that's really what I want to give to other people. You know, I really do. At the end of the day, I want to be the best fighter I can, but I want to motivate and, and and I really do still believe in, in changing the world and, and that, we don't have to fit certain stereotypes to be successful mm. and be who we want to be. I listen, get all the merch up, trademark that <laughs> shit. Like I want it everywhere on top mugs, on t-shirts, on hoodies, on gloves, everywhere. Be a feeling. <laughs> I know. I, I, we finally got the t-shirt. So the t-shirt is out. All right. So oh. you guys can definitely order the t-shirt um, through Just Heart Apparel. Where? Just Heart uh, Apparel. It's at Just Heart Apparel. It's a really good, it's a nice t-shirt too. They did a great job. So I love it. It looks awesome. Um, and, you know, it's not too much, but you get the point. And so I think it's cool. The shirt is awesome. Um, but the, I like how you're going with the stickers and the coffee mug. And, you know, I think it's still kind of setting in my brain. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, it, it's- Even for like little girls on journals, like be a feeling. Like, you know, I, I love it. I really, really love it. That's yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Britton Hart, we want to thank you so much for your time. Yeah. We know you're in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico doing your thing. So we appreciate it. And uh, we cannot wait <laughs> to see what is next. Because if this little bit has been any indication, then you're going to be putting some feelings on someone very, very soon. And we cannot wait to see what's <laughs> next. Uh, if, before we go, if if people want to follow you online or if they want to, you know, uh, be a part of the, I don't know, what do we call them, the, the Heart Brigade? I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> where where do they find you? Yeah. So if you want to be Team Heart and part of the feeling, you can definitely follow <laughs> me, you know, Facebook. Um, my Instagram is Heart underscore. I do have a Twitter um, at Team Heart, And, of course, I have my TikTok. So, Again, at Team Britain Heart. So I'm on those things all the time, you know, still being, you know, basically, you know, me. So um, I love sharing my life with people and being positive and motivating. So if you want to see that, definitely follow me. Um, that's what I'm here for. I can't wait to fight and be in the ring again. Obviously, that's why I'm out here in Puerto Rico. It's actually not to vacation. You know, when people say, they say vacation all the time. And I'm like, no, I can't. But when I hear fight camp, boom out the window so you know that's what i came out here for you know i heard you know some guys were out here fight camp and that's my type of vacation so i'm doing what i love out here so i'm super thankful and blessed to do it um if you follow me on my social medias you'll you'll be a part of that too and um yeah i can't wait for what's next so thank you guys i definitely want to thank you for having me on here um, absolutely and, and you know i see a bright future uh you know outside of fighting and to oh. uh you know, being a sports broadcaster and everything, you have the natural charisma and personality uh-huh. for it. So, you know, get them dollars, girl. Get them Absolutely. dollars. Can't wait. It never stops. Never stop. Kick them doors open. Keep on doing it. Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you down the road. We can't wait. All right. Be Thank touch. you. Take care. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Britain. Awesome. Wow. Wow. An amazing, uh, amazing yeah. story. Uh, and we didn't get into everything. Uh, we, you know, we think it's uh, been well documented at this point, but uh, go back if you have a couple of minutes, Google her, look at her story, 
you know, she was in an abusive relationship and, you know, looking, you know, she kept saying, talking about the, that way out and everything else. And she found that at a boxing gym and, and she needed money. So she just became a pro fighter. And then she just has that natural, she has that, you know, some people just are built to kick other people's asses and she is one of them. So, uh, yes, you know, and she kicking the ass of life. <laughs> she kicking ass. She doing it. Life of ass. She I mean, doing physical asses. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> metaphorical. I mean, but they better know what they have. Um, yeah. That woman, like, should be on all posters. Like, wherever there is bare knuckle fighting championship, she needs to be mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know everything uh, since the Paige Van Zandt fight, and talk about a turning point. But everything since then, you know, she kind of was given the B side naturally. Uh, a lot of people would be pissed off about that, but I mean, Paige Van Zandt, like she said uh, earlier, I mean, did come in with millions of followers and a name from UFC and modeling, and you know, she, you know, Sports Illustrated and all this other stuff. So yeah, she was uh, she was the A side of that fight, but Britton Hart didn't lay down. Man, she didn't lay down. She wasn't going to be that sacrificial lamb. Nope. And she put that two-piece on her and, uh, you know, kind of served up notice, like, hey, I'm here, and this is what I'm doing. And uh, really one of the more exciting fighters out there. And boxing, MMA, bare knuckle, you got to, you know, you can put some good money on, on Britton Hart as far as being entertaining and exciting and getting yep. your money's worth. So there you go. There you go. 100% love it. Dang. You're going to get you Amazing. fired up. Get you running down a hey, block. Before... <laughs> Shit. No kidding. Well, before we get out of here, uh, did you see Valdez Burchell? Oh, yeah. Think? Oh, my God. You know, uh, Oscar Valdez. It was so funny, man. I was uh, the day before, I was actually sitting in the barbershop. Best place to talk uh, fight sometimes, <laughs> sitting in the barbershop, right? Yeah. And, uh, all the guys in there, you know, very. They were doing the weigh-ins. All the guys were very impressed with uh, uh, Burchalt's uh, look. You know, he looked like the bigger fighter. Was the bigger fighter uh, rehydrated to something crazy? I forget what the rehydration weight was for uh, yeah. Burchalt and, and Valdez and everything. But Valdez fought the. Came back at. Yeah, Valdez fought the perfect freaking fight. Had my man swing it at air and then just you know put him down with mercy. I want to say. With that brutal left hand, KO of the year contender right there. Um, but you know, emphatic win, emphatic, emphatic win for Oscar Valdez. Yeah, just really impressed with that whole game plan. They knew what they had to do, and like Oscar stayed disciplined. Uh, Burchell had uh, two Hawaiian pizzas uh, right after uh, weigh in, and I was like, "See, that just go to show you, pineapple don't belong on pizza." And um, if you want something bad to happen, do that. You you lost because <laughs> of pineapple on pizza. Come on, man. <laughs> I did you know, see. and it's so crazy because he just was so outclassed. It almost looked like he didn't even belong in the championship fight. You and know, so it's like, what's next for Burchell? You know, we've we've seen it before. We've talked about it a lot, and we've talked with other fighters on here about it. And and even Britton Hart just a, a few minutes ago alluded to the fact that getting your mental right for fights. We've seen world-class fighters come into fights and, and go, man, he didn't even look like himself. He didn't look like he was ready for this fight. This, you know, and, and that was one of those instances. You saw Burchell come in and he just, he didn't look like the killer that, that the world knew, the boxing world knew and everything. And it kind of served off, but that's not to diminish what Oscar Valdez did. 
you know, he he went out there and he took that belt. He didn't, you know, uh, the refs didn't give it to him. The judges didn't give it to him. He went out there and took that belt. What what you need to do? If you hey, you gonna beat a man, you gotta beat the man. So he did out there. And he went out there and did his and damn you know, thing. From uh, one to twelve. Well, one to ten, actually, yeah. I mean, from 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 what bell to bell, he did amazing. his damn thing, man. So, uh, hats off to him. And they, I, I, I don't know if you saw, they had the uh, the uh, Twitter video or whatever of uh, top rank uh, or WBC giving him his new belt, Oscar Valdez's new belt. I'm, I'm doing it, uh, everything out of the the briefcase, and uh, just you know how much emotion and everything goes into it. Really, yeah. If you watch the video, I think yeah. it's trending on Twitter or was earlier today, but. Uh, really give you a goosebumps, man. Talk about a guy who's uh, worked yeah. a long time for that he's green a good belt. Dude. He's a good dude. Just a really Kenny. good guy. Yeah. Smart. Um, Hopefully I we'll have him on in the future. He's still got that alligator as a pet, though. Yeah, he probably does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a you bit know crazy. what? Ralph Velez, you need to um, holler at your boy. Yeah, Ralph Velez there. Yeah, hopefully we'll get Oscar on uh, yeah. very soon. Uh, another bit of news that came out today is our, our guy, Jamel Heron. His fight with uh, Carl Frampton, which earlier was kind of delayed because of a hand injury to Carl Frampton, has now been given the April 3rd, April 3rd date. They're going to tango mm -hmm. again. So this will be mm -hmm. uh, Jamal Herring's third title defense. Carl Frampton trying to get him a belt from our guy, but you know what I'm going to put my money on. You know, I'm going to put my money in, on the it's Marine. It's not in Belfast. They're not going in Belfast, to Belfast, so they yeah. moved the fight again. Yeah, they moved the so. fight. The MTK influence yeah. uh, yep. behind all that. But yeah, listen, and he's been handling this whole thing with class. Jamel has, you know, he could have he could have said a lot of things about Frampton um, yeah. and his hands and but did it, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I'm here, I'm gonna be ready. And I love um the training videos between him and James Crawford, actually. There, there's a fool, man. Uh you love it. You know, <laughs> Great stable mates, better friends, and uh, good seeing uh, them having a good time. Because talk about a camp that was hit over COVID. You know, I mean, so many times. How many times uh, we we joke about it a lot, but Jamel Herring stayed in camp for the better part of like three like months or so. Months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was well, ready all of 2020 for a fight that never materialized mm. because of COVID. Uh, so you know, but he 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 stays. In that life, he does, he's not one of those guys that goes out and balloons up and then has to cut a bunch of weight. He lives the life that he preaches, and uh, you know that's what you want to see in your champions, man. And you know, I'm 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 happy yeah. for him, and hopefully, it holds the boxing gods let this fight happen. Otherwise, we may have to go on to something else, man. I don't know. It's like it's yeah, like Tony yeah, Ferguson and, and Habib. Tony Ferguson, he'll be. Hey, how many times are we going to make this fight, man? I don't know. We got to move on. But too many times, too many do overs. Um, but this one was not a do over. Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. How surprised were you? Uh, su surprised? No, I, it wasn't that surprised. I was, I was more surprised that Curtis Blades didn't go for more takedowns and didn't do exactly what everyone thought he was going to do and, and wrestle. Shoot. Derek Lewis. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because why would you – you talk about guys not looking the same, right? What was that game plan? Was it the game plan or did he just have a, ba a bad weight cut? And, you know, it. I mean, all that affects brain and, you know, the performance and everything else. Because he didn't Curtis, have a weight cut? 
Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just speculating. I'm spec. This is all speculation because I don't think the game plan was run into one of the most vicious uppercuts of all time outside of Francis Ngannou. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that was the game plan. So, but Derek Lewis goes into so, no. rarefied air, and he is happy to let the heavyweight title picture work itself out between. Stipe and Francis and John Jones, who's waiting in the wings, and then he's gonna get next. And you know, you talk about a guy, but he keeps he's he also called out uh, uh, Overy. So we don't. He likes to he likes to fight, man. He likes like to, why you want to beat on the senior citizen of the division? You know yeah. why you gotta call out Overy? Forty one years old. He know. Overy, Overy just got his head handed to him once again, and you don't call him out. But hey, man, he he wants to fight a legend. They say Overeem's a legend, so he wants to do it. But uh, impressive, uh, impressive night of knockouts for uh, Derek Lewis and uh, Oscar Valdez. And a really fun fight was made today, or announced today. Bullet, Valentina Shevchenko yes. would defend her yeah. title against Jessica Andrade mm-hmm. uh, here coming up. And so uh, what is the exact date for I that like fight? What, what April something or another. April, April, right? Yeah. But uh, the bullet is back. The seventeenth, perhaps. Uh, that is going to be the third or the seventeenth. Yeah, it's one of them. It's one of them. I know that. But yeah. uh, I mean, that's that's a good fight for Valentina. I mean, in a division where like ain't a whole lot of depth. I mean, she didn't beat the number one person three, four times. So uh, I like the Andrade fight. We're going to see. You know, she Jessica can make some adjustments in there. Valentina is like perhaps the most technical dominant fighter i think that you'll ever see in women's mma you know she she's just uh, got the goods yeah and with your only losses coming to amanda nunez who is you know you know bigger and mm-hmm. you know the greatest of all time more than likely she's going to go down as mm-hmm. that you know that's not that's uh, it's like saying daniel cormier is bad or something you know because he lost to john <laughs> you know it's like you know he's, he's Pretty yeah. damn good fighter, you know. So, uh, yeah. and, but she's also a fan favorite. Bullet is, and uh, Jessica Andrade kind of rebuilding her, uh, rebuilding her uh, brand and her appeal and everything, yeah. and, and is right back in the mix, mm-hmm. and uh, could very well. I mean, could very well take that title away. She's done it before, you know. So we'll see what happens. That's going to be a very, very good main event uh, in April. I think late April. So there you go. And uh, Tyson Fury says he is going to fight two times in 2021, whether it's against Anthony Joshua or, or not. He said he's tired of dealing with it, but, you know, it's boxing. So uh, he'll probably fight in December. It's already yeah, been a year. On. I mean, but he, yeah, exactly. It's been like it's exactly been a year. Year, what, February 22nd last year. Yeah. Uh, since uh, he he KO'd Wilder, he tweeted at somebody. Yeah, uh, he was talking about someone not being active, and that's what happens when you're not active. And I'm like, dog, yeah. you ain't fighting a year. Like, what you talking about? Uh, yeah, my man who got starched. So, yeah, uh, cool. uh, uh, Warrington, who who got starched in right, the ring right, by uh, yeah. you know, but he hadn't fought in over a year. Ooh. That's a lot of fighters, and it's a dangerous time to be a long-standing you know champion or a fighter mm-hmm. coming off a huge layoff because mm-hmm. you haven't been you know the training camps haven't right. been the same you know fighters especially in a lot of these sports combat sports 
routine, routine, routine. I get up, I eat, I train, I do, you know, the, and then you don't have anything you're training for or you're training like Jamel Herring and all of a sudden two weeks out, your fight falls through. Then you're training and training again and then two weeks out, your fight falls through. And then, you know, I mean, that, that it's been a really difficult year and that, that layoff, you know, without a crowd and everything else, I mean, we, we saw Adrian Broder, you know, I don't know if he should have won that fight, but he won a fight. But, uh, you know, very suspect uh, fight that he won and everything. So it's up to these guys to uh, stay busy, especially these heavyweight guys. But there's only one heavyweight fight we want to see. And Eddie Hearn knows that. And so he's got everybody by the balls. So we're all just sitting here waiting. So (laughs) there you go. So that is uh, that's our show for the week or this well for today. Is Ralph going to – are you and Ralph doing a show? It's possible. How do you think it's possible in the world of make-believe? We are efforting. We are efforting. Uh, Ralph was in Miami doing, uh, uh, you know, uh, his uh, normal job. You know, I say normal. With uh, these these cats out of Miami, Sucker Punch, doing their thing out there and uh, getting back to ringing out. So he was was – he was doing more posting pictures with ring girls than anything, so you got to talk to him about all that. <laughs> like you weren't working, you, you weren't ain't working. working. <laughs> that's why Mike Dixon texts us. Be like, I'm working. And he's got pictures of cheerleaders. You ain't working. Get out of here. There's different levels of work, right? So, <laughs> no. all right. Well, we want to say thank you so much to our uh, fans and everyone for commenting. Thank you so much, uh, and thank you to Brenton Hart for making time for us again. And thank you, Cece. And uh, we will see you guys, uh, well, whenever we see you. Right? Right, Cece? See you next week. All right, Cece.